Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What's happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah. And we do have to talk to you before we start the show officially. Yeah. Because last week we had mentioned about the SAG-AFTRA rulings mm-hmm. that were going on. It was going to be business as usual until further notice. Card subject to change. Yep. And that did change for us on Friday night because they did release some information for podcasters, their FAQs. And on this, there was a couple of things that they had pointed out about rewatch or companion podcasts relating mm-hmm. to struck work and the guidelines involving there. And we had to do some consulting with our team. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I fall under the guidelines of adhering to these rules because of an association I have. So I want to say for record, this is strictly me. So this is not affecting PAD. This is not affecting anything going on with 607TWS. And it's not affecting anything going on with our fam over at 3FN. Mm-hmm. This is affecting me and the ODPH. So anything on our socials and myself primarily. So I have to make the tough call about this, but this really isn't one because with a lot, just to kind of make it short and sweet, following the guidelines is going to be a lot easier than the repercussions that could happen. Yeah. Um, involving something I am associated with. Mm -hmm. And it's not nerd initiative, so if anybody's trying to piece that together, it's just more or less uh, the team that knows knows about it. Yep. That's all that matters. Yep. So until further notice, on the ODPH, it's going to be one episode breaking down the parlay of topics that is sports wrestling and comics. Mm -hmm. And luckily, we have the press list, uh, or we're on the press list for every single major comic publisher, So rest assured, we will still have that entertainment piece for you each and every week, along with our sports coverage and pro wrestling as well, because we're on most press lists for uh, wrestling promotions as well, Mm -hmm. except for one. But Uh, that that one ain't happening. That's a whole other story, which you never know. I say never say never, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. So that being said, that's going to be the guidelines moving forward. Pad, do you want to say anything about this? No, I mean, it, it sucks to happen, but once you explain the situation to me the way it was, I totally understand, and I'm not I'm not going to get into specifics and not going to get into details because, hey, it's not my place to say, but let me just say this. If we were to explain the full situation and every little nook and cranny and every detail to the listeners, I think most of them, you know, I'm not going to say all because, let's face it, there are some jackasses out in the world. Mm-hmm. Most of them, and most of you, the listener, would sit there and go, no, that's understandable. Given the circumstances, you know, we wouldn't want the worst outcome to happen because of that. So once you explained it to me, I was told, I'm like, hey, I understand, you know, no issues and no ill feelings on my part. Yeah, no, and I appreciate the support from you and Rich because, I mean, I explained to him about that as well because that does affect our press access down at New York Comic Con. 
and we won't be taking any movie or TV coverage. We're going to be just doing all the comics. And, you know, we did that last year, and we had a blast. So, right. I, you know, that's not really a problem. And especially the one thing that we've been fortunate enough to do for six-plus years now is we have talked a parlay of topics each and every week. Taking movies and TV out of our equation is not going to hamper the show one bit. And like I said, we're on the press list for many, many outlets, and we just have to adhere to the guidelines going on with that. And obviously with the situation going on behind the scenes, I mean, everybody on the team knows about it, is 100% behind me about this, and I truly do appreciate all the support. And it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So as far as ODPH social media, which you can find at odphpodcast.com, we're not going to be talking movies and TV on there until further notice. Pat is allowed to because it's a separate thing. He's yeah. not connected to this. Yeah. If he was running the ODPH uh, socials, then he can't talk about it. But, you know, if you want to hit him up at Meslin on Twitter, on his other social media accounts, you can definitely find him and he'll he'll interact with you. Yeah, no, I will. I saw Oppenheimer over the weekend. If we want to talk about how great that was, hit me up. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want a great review of that and Barbie, go follow like we you should already be following anyway but drop that follow and subscribe for 3fn they have broken it down uh one is behind a patreon wall so it's a great deal too for a dollar a month you get a whole lot of content so it's well worth it so if you want that movie talk there you can find it there i won't be on a show though until um after the strike but you know it is what it is and like i say it's back to business for us here with the new guidelines that we are adhering to so and if you're a podcast out there that is covering it listen more power to you this is an individual situation. I'm not judging anybody by it. Yeah. I'm not expecting anybody to worry about that. Like we, I always say, I worry about my own house. I don't worry about everybody else's. So that said, let us switch to what you came to hear, and that is a parlay of topics. For anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. But let's kick off this edition of the show talking about the biggest pop culture uh, event of the weekend, mm-hmm. and that is San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Now, this was a very different show from years past Mm -hmm. because over the years of San Diego, it has morphed into this pop culture destination for all the big movie releases, all the big television announcements. And the comics have kind of been there, but it hasn't been a focal point, in my opinion. Right. This year, with everything going on with SAG-AFTRA, It's been all about the comics. Well, it already was going to be interesting and different because before the SAG strike started, and hell, even before the writer strike started, we knew that you know DC Films wasn't going to be there because, hey, they already announced their entire slate of projects, either late last year, early this year, whatever it was. We knew Marvel Studios wasn't going to be there because, again, they announced their whole slate of films last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and we haven't completed all or come close to completing all of those films they announced. So why announce more? Yeah. We knew Lucasfilm wasn't going to be there. So no Star Wars, no Indiana Jones, you know, nothing else. Because, hey, again, they've announced all their Star Wars stuff. And, I, you know, the Indiana Jones movie is, I think, still out in theaters. So they're obviously not going to announce something new, especially when it's the last one. You know, and, and you know, Netflix wasn't going to be there because they have their own thing, you know, so to them, you know, a lot of the heavy hitters and a lot of the big players for films and television were already not going to be there. So it's like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see who jumps in and maybe tries and takes their place, you know, and then the SAG strike happened and, the, and obviously the writer strike. So it was interesting to see what happened. But, yeah, no, it, it definitely seems that like, you know, San Diego Comic-Con went back to its roots and was mostly comics yes and this has been widely 
publicized and the the general reaction has been from everybody we've talked to that was at the con to just fans watching the coverage of everybody was really happy with mm-hmm. everything that they saw going on. There was nobody that was complaining that it was like, oh, well, you know, we didn't have that big Hall H moment per se. Right. Everybody was so amped up about the comic stuff going on that legitimately it didn't really matter mm-hmm. that the big movie and TV stuff wasn't there. Yeah. This was just back to basics. And I, I love this fact as a comic fan because there's a lot of news that came out. We previewed a lot last week on the show, so we're going to be doing a little bit of recapping here of the stuff that we really thought jumped out. Mm-hmm. And leading off my list was DC Comics. I thought they had a really solid weekend. Yeah. But the one big announcement that really threw me for a loop, and I know it threw Pat for a loop a little bit too. Yeah, it did. Uh, was a unique crossover that's happening October 17th. Yeah. Pat, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, so this is going to be titled Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. And now this partnership is is done in conjunction with Legendary Entertainment and Toho International because Toho does have the rights to Godzilla, so they got to get Toho's uh, permission with it. Uh, but this is going to be a seven-issue uh, run with the first issue coming out in October. And basically, it's it's the characters from the MonsterVerse, so Godzilla, King Kong, are going to be taking on the Justice League. And it's not Godzilla and King Kong from, like, oh, the 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever incarnation. No, this is, like, they're the way they look from the films that have come out from Legendary Entertainment the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, there's... The, the one so if you haven't seen the preview art the preview art's incredible but there's the one photo where Godzilla is tearing up uh metropolis you've got King Kong climbing the daily planet a la you know the infamous scene from all the movies where he climbs the uh Empire State building but he's grabbing hold of the daily planet globe as the you know the green lanterns fight him off and then there's the one panel that really jumped out to me where it's Clark and Lois on like a rooftop uh, having a sunset dinner together and they're freaking the fuck out because they see rising from the water is Godzilla and he's getting ready to attack Metropolis. Yeah. It looks nuts. This looks absolutely insane. Is this going to win any awards? Probably not. Is no. this going to go down in the annals of history for like the greatest comic book of all time? Probably not. Is it going to be a hell of a lot of fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. The because ju- because this is the stuff you do as kids. You you get the action figures. You pit them against each other. You have Superman fight, you know, uh, Thanos. You have Captain America fight Lex Luthor or what have you. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff we do as kids, and we're seeing it play out on the on the comics. Yeah, exactly. The Jim Lee variant cover yes. looks amazing, oh too. Oh, God. I know that's been making the rounds on social media today. Yeah, everything about this is a win. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I thought that their comic stuff was was pretty solid. I mean, I know there's a couple books that I got my eyes on. Uh, they're gonna be dropping the new Outsider series. Is mm-hmm. definitely one, but that's Lansing and uh, Kelly. So you know, anytime they're writing something, I'm definitely looking into it. So, like I say, DC I thought had a really solid weekend concerning yeah. that. So yeah. you know, kudos to them about that. Yeah. Another company that I thought really had a, a great weekend too was Skybound Entertainment. Okay. I know they had a lot of things going on, but the ones announcements that really caught me was the Energon universe. Mm-hmm. And this has been something that since Robert Kirk- Kirkman's Void Rivals came out and introduced everybody to a new shared universe for G.I. Joe and Transformers, mm-hmm. the buzz has been there about what's going to be happening next. And obviously there was a big panel going on with that. We did find out that after Transformers by Daniel Warren Johnson in September, which I'm already screaming at everybody, you should be 
running to your uh, local comic shops and ordering copies now because mm-hmm. that book is going to be absolutely wild. Yeah. We did hear uh, that they're going to be having the two G.I. Joe spinoffs, I guess, coming out. Okay. Um, in December, we have a new series of, uh, focusing on Duke. Yep. Written by one Joshua Williamson. Hey, I've heard of that guy. Yep, and he has a Cobra Commander series coming out right after, too. Yeah. So they're going to be doing some real fun stuff there. And like yeah. I say, for how they snuck in this mm-hmm. announcement, I thought it was very brilliant, and it wasn't really spoiled either. Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah. a, there was a couple sites that went a little crazy with it beforehand, in my opinion. And like we always say, there's a 72-hour embargo rule for a reason. Yes. Like, you don't need to spoil it to get clicks. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's your business, you know, whatever. We don't do that here. And I don't acknowledge anybody that does that. So, The other one I saw from uh, Skybound that I think could be interesting is they announced a game, uh, Walking Dead Betrayal. Uh, so this has got unveiled. It's a multiplayer social deception survival game. So basically, it, and it's obviously going to be set in the Walking Dead universe. Uh, but basically, it's going to have players try to survive the outbreak. Mm. So you're going to have to craft, cook, survive, and and communicate with party members so it sounds like a little bit of minecraft a little bit of seven days to die if you've ever played that you know but also you might have to do a little bit of deceiving because not everybody's on the up and up when it comes to the this uh universe uh it will be out later this year and it's going to be exclusively on pc via steam uh but the there is going to be a closed beta test set for august the 10th i think this has got a lot of interesting potential because i know seven days to die is a popular game minecraft been around for 10 years, obviously popular. So just kind of like a mashup of the two, but in the Walking Dead universe, I think it could be interesting. I do too. I mean, I think that they can do a lot of things in the video game aspect. Yes. That they can't really do in the other forms of media. And let's face it, Walking Dead games, the bar is real low. Mm-hmm. They, they, the Walking Dead, not known for great games. No, other than the Telltale. Uh, yes, that's the exception. That's been the one exception in our opinion. So definitely a lot of cool things Skybound's been doing too. Yeah. So definitely keep an eye on them in the calendar year. Yeah. Next up for me, though, I uh, got to talk Massiverse. Okay. We had heard a lot of hype about this panel when uh, the, the black market narrative team swung through here on the ODPH, and they did not disappoint. A lot of stuff was coming out, especially with the Catalyst War kicking off and Radiant Black 25, mm-hmm. which I hope everybody bought issues uh, A and B, and you now know why it is important to buy A and B. And if you want a great review about that, uh, our good friend Marty Stoke did one for Nerd Initiative. It's on the website right now, so you can definitely go check that out. Uh, they did make a couple more announcements that were going on. A shift series, which I I have to take my victory lap about, Pat. Mm-hmm. Because you remember during the Massive versus uh, Supermassive interview, I kind of threw that notion out there when they are talking about crossovers and such. I said, you ever think about doing one with the bad guys? Oh, okay. Lo and behold... Did I catch something? Did I have a premonition? You might have had a premonition. I had a premonition because they did not tell me anything first and foremost, but I definitely was getting hit up about that from uh, a lot of our listeners. So definitely I'm excited for that. The shift is one of my favorite characters coming out of the Massiverse, Mm -hmm. and to get a, you know, a spotlight on him, you know, a real big one like they're doing, I think is very, very cool. Uh, We did get another big announcement that we had kind of guessed we were going to get, but it's now been made official. Inferno Girl Red Book 2 is in the works. Okay. So that is officially happening on Kickstarter. Details to be announced very, very soon, but the pre-launch page is up right now. So definitely make sure you go check that out. Yeah. You know, that, like I say, Book 1 was incredible. Book 2, I'm sure, is going to be absolutely a must-have as well. So we'll definitely stay tuned for that because, obviously, when more news is breaking about that, you know we're going to be talking about that as well. Mm-hmm. But the other big thing from the Massiverse 2 
that I was surprised at. Okay. But this does make some sense, too, because they were really hyping up that there's something special that was going to be unveiled. Mm-hmm. And they have now announced a Massive Verse fighting card game. Oh, okay. So if you're into that, they are teaming up with Solus Studios. Okay. And it's going to be featuring a lot of the familiar faces from the Massive Verse. And reading right from the Black Market Narrative newsletter... Uh, the Massiverse fighting card game powered by Pockets Paragon Systems features eight playable characters, Radiant Black, 001, Rogue Sun, Catalysm, the Dead Lucky, Pyre, Inferno Go Red, and the Griffin. So each one is a rival of you know, right. the series. Right. Each deck uh, features art pulled directly from the comics, plus character card art by Dan Mora. Yo, hello. You already got my money. So, so you probably just sold a lot of people. Yes. So... Make sure to head over and sign up for that about that Kickstarter campaign too as well. Like I said, Massiverse had a lot of stuff going on. They did unveil a little bit about what's going on with Rogue Sun, some plans going there, and uh, Dead Lucky was uh, just is coming back to stores this week. So definitely a little tease of what's happening there. A very cool video for no one. Uh, mm. A little live uh, action it kind of looked like. So mm. a lot of cool things happening. And we always scream about this on the show. The massive verse and everything that Kyle Higgins and company is doing there is just been absolutely top notch stuff. So if you're not on board for whatever reason, this is a perfect time to get on board. Like we say, Dead Lucky number seven is back this week. Rogue Sun uh, fourteen is out this week. Uh, we're definitely going to be reviewing them on uh, our social medias. And like I said, Radiant Black twenty five had a lot to unveil, especially with the very very creative take they took. Uh, moving forward. So the Catalyst War is going to be something special. So if you like, can still find an issue somewhere, which good luck, because I've heard sellout after sellout for that, it, it's well worth picking up and getting on board to what they're doing now. Also at San Diego Comic-Con, there was a company that was making a big splash, and I think they did, and they came out with a lot of news early, and then you know, it was just kind of trickling the effects over the weekend. If okay. And that was Distillery. Oh, right. So this is going to be the brand new imprint that has got a lot of heavy hitters on it. And we did get the official announcement that Gone by Jock will be the first book out uh, in his debut uh, series. So really cool stuff happening here. Uh, Like I'm telling you, like they showed the cover. It looks uh, like I say, it's Jock. So, I mean, I, I don't think I need to oversell it. No, you don't. It's it's him. And obviously he does fantastic stuff. So the fact that he's got his own creator, own series, this is going to be something really special when that drops. So you definitely want to make sure you're following Distillery Media and make sure you're signed up on their newsletter too to find out what's happening there. Because I'm telling you, the stuff they have coming out for this is going to be really special. And I'm telling you, I don't like using the word game changer a lot, but I truly feel that this is going to be a game changing imprint once they get up and run into like a lot of things are going to be going on. Boom Studios also had a great weekend, too. Uh, the Slaughterverse mm-hmm. panel was very cool, like I say. And especially with the Eisner-winning James Tinian. Hey. Like, seriously, whatever is coming out of that whole Slaughterverse is going to be something special as well, too. The Eisners were uh, fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, books that you hear on the ODPH were featured on there. I noticed uh, as that. Winner, as winners, yeah. Barnstormers by Scott Snyder and Tulote for Best Digital Comic. Uh, best continuing series, Nightwing, uh, by Tom Taylor and that's company. That's a fantastic run. Yeah, so like that's that's no brainer. James Tinian uh, won. 
best writers. Like I say, a lot of cool stuff going on there. We got a recap coming on Nerd Initiative this week about all the the big winners there. And like I say, the Eisners are you know when you when you win one of those. You know it's a book that you need to have in your collection. Daniel mm-hmm. Warren Johnson won for uh, Do a Power Bomb too as well too. Yeah. So definitely want to be plugging a lot of that stuff. So a lot of really cool things happening yeah. out there. But last but certainly not least on our radars as well was Marvel came in and man did they unleash a lot going Swung on. Swung for the fences and cleared it and then saw. Oh my God. Well the the big microphone uh, shaking moment I guess uh, started off with Greg Capullo is coming back. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. No, I mean, heard rumors, but nothing official. And then they unveiled three covers that he's been working on. Noticeably lacking on my bingo card. Yeah, but you know what? The fact you have the legendary artist returning, Yeah, that's huge. And yep, like I yep, said, the, yep. the Wolverine and the Deadpool um, pieces he did, just oh, amazing. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be very, very highly sought after items. Also, during the weekend, it was announced about the Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, that's That was sh- surprising, to say the least. Yeah, so Dan Slott and Mark Bagley are tagged with that one. That's going to be a crazy series. Obviously, longtime Spider-Man fans know about that. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to be one that's going to be a very, very hot yeah. ticket when it comes out. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. To put it mildly. Yeah. Also, over the weekend, too, they announced about the big uh, Spider-Man gang war crossover that's going to be spiraling out in. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be one that, like, I like seeing when they do these kind of crossovers because it's not something super crazy. Right. Like, you have to go buy every single book. But I think that when they do the street-level crossovers, yeah, you know, like those heroes, I really think they do something fun. And gang war has been something that they've done in the past. I, I believe it's under a different name, so I'm forgetting about it. So I know somebody's probably screaming at their uh, <laughs> podcast player right now. But this is going to be one that, like I say, they got a lot of heavy hitters on here. It's going to be going for three months in various books. And mm-hmm. like I say, anytime you can really tie in like Luke Cage, yeah. amazing in the Amazing Spider-Man and some and Spider-Woman, they got a brand new series coming out. But like I say, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I'm trying to remain calm as I'm talking about this. Marvel's well, got a lot going. They, they do. And like I say, this is stuff that really looks very cool. Uh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu is coming out too, part of the gang war thing. Mm-hmm. So they do have like a couple limited series happening with this, but it's tying into the overall picture. And like I say, Spider-Man is one character that obviously past issue 25 and 26. Yeah. You know, I think is now, yeah. is it looks like it's swinging back to basics for me personally. So like, I'm excited to go check some of these books out and I really think they're going to be doing a lot of fun things as well too. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we got more announcements of David Pepos is going to be writing a Punisher series. Ooh. I'm all in about that. Uh, Lansing and Kelly are going to be doing the new Timeless, so that's going to be a fun one to do. Rob Liefeld has a has two secret projects coming out involving the X-Men. Uh, Interesting. Line that looks like. Interesting. The one that ca- caught my eye is Cable with the original X-Men lineup. So oh. That's the one that really like stood out to me. That could so be interesting. That's what I'm kind of wait, waiting to hear more about. Uh, obviously, more news came out about Miss Marvel. The New Mutant series is coming out. So that's right. that's one that I think everybody has circled on August 30th for. Right. So definitely a lot of things to be excited about. The new Captain America series coming out by JMS. Yeah. And then I had a mark out moment. I think everybody that I that reads Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and the Dead Lucky did too because Melissa Flores is going to be writing Spider Gwen on tour. And it's starting in December too. Oh, nice! Yeah, like that was a cool moment, and we all were going crazy in like the, the different group chats that we're in because she is just an amazing writer too, and just the the fact like I, like I say, you're seeing everybody that's coming out of the Spider Verse movies 
mm-hmm. and are really like growing in like the popularity and, and in pop culture, so mm-hmm. to speak. So like in this kind of instance, this book is gonna be a monster book, and I'm so happy Melissa's gonna be writing it because it's gonna be top notch, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to go check this out. Like I say, Marvel kind of really focused on yeah. getting back to the comics and really with the announcements, like they were big moments. Yeah. I know some people were kind of like, nah, like whatever. It's like, no, if you really read the books and you understand the creators behind this. Well, say, especially like the superior Spider-Man for me coming back, I was like, oh, wow, did not see that coming. Right. Like, that's huge. Like the Hellfire Gala, I was like, oh, okay, sure. That makes sense. Right. I mean, that one went as expected. Like that was yeah. a big event. Yeah. It definitely was a cool thing if you were in attendance for it. I heard, I knew a couple of people that went there. So I heard uh, just nothing but raves about that. So Marvel, like I said, they put a nice little cap on everything. Yeah. So for me, like I say, it was all about the comic stuff, too. Oh, I almost forgot about they did announce an all-new X-Men lineup. Yeah, so uh, this one, is they teased something big for X-Men in uh, 2024. Uh, you know, who are the new X-Men? And there's a teaser poster that came out that says, who are the new X-Men coming 2024 with a sneak peek this November? Shh. You know, so something's coming. We're going to get a new lineup and maybe some uh, new faces. Cough, cough. Uh uh, Kamala Khan, cough, cough. Yeah, we could see. Because the, the writing's on the wall with that one. Oh, yeah. The, like, if anybody remembers when the PlayStation, I think it was the Vita, the PlayStation was going to announce something. It was like the worst kept gaming secret. Everyone knew it was going to get announced. This is like the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. Like, every step of the way about this has been so easily predictable that, like, it's not that big a surprise. No, it's definitely not. But, you know, the thing about the writing font for the new X-Men book that's Age of Apocalypse. Oh, so I'm looking at the art right now. So yeah, oh, okay, that okay. I mean, if they decide to go there, that would be something wild. I mean, Age of Apocalypse Part Two. Yeah, or, or whatever parts there is, because I think they. I always I always just stick to the classic one. I, I have not followed about any other follow ups after because that that is sure. such a classic storyline. But you know what? If they decide to go back there for this with the current mm-hmm. situation, Kuroka, mm-hmm. that could be some fun stuff. Yeah. Pad, you got anything else that kind of caught your eye there a little bit? A couple of video game stuff. Obviously, we had the Insomniac Games uh, panel for the upcoming Marvel Spider-Man 2 game. Uh, That one looked really friggin' awesome. Uh, We got a first good, solid look at Venom, which saw today. Todd McFarlane. Yeah. uh, Todd McFarlane approves. Of the look of Venom, so hey, that's a that's a good. That's sign a up. huge cosine. That's a huge cosine. The game looks incredible. Uh, we found out that it is going to be taking place roughly nine to ten months after the events of Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, so that one took place in the winter around Christmas time. So this one will be probably September October uh, timeline wise. Uh, going to be very interesting. Of course, Harry Osborn was in the trailer. Got a good look at Craven. Uh, Miles is going to have a come face to face with Mister Negative, which. Boy, that's going to be a hell of a meeting if you played the first game. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So that one obviously jumped out to me. Super excited for that one. Also got a reveal for a new interactive streaming series. This one is interesting. Uh, this one called Borderlands Echo Vision Live. Uh, and this one is a new streaming series set in the Borderlands universe. Uh, of course, the video games uh, focusing on eight tourists. All newcomers to the Borderlands series find themselves stuck on Eden 6 after embarking on an adventure safari to follow in the footsteps of the Vault Hunters. So not really sure what the hell this is going to entail, whether it's live action, animated, 3D animation or whatever. But hey, it's more Borderlands. I am 
all mm. sorts of for it. Uh, also, in some more uh, video game news, we got the super cool announcement for the Mortal Kombat 1 game, uh, and that is some new DLC. It's going to be the first uh, DLC uh, called the Combat Pack. Of course, combat's mm. spelled with the K. Uh, but who's coming in this old, this old combat pack? Well, uh, you get uh, Lee Mai, Tanya, and Baraka will be on the roster, but not as cameos. Uh, they'll be in the first DLC pack. But jumping into Mortal Kombat 1, Homelander, Peacemaker, and Omni-Man. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, Omni-Man will be voiced by J.K. Simmons. Uh, so, hey, those long-held debates we've had, who would win in a fight, Omni-Man versus Homelander? You can settle settle that de- debate there. Uh, yeah, this looks amazing. Can Homelander come out to uh, Kingdom by Downstate? <laughs> Just putting, I'm putting, I'm putting that out there in the oh, universe. Oh, that'd be amazing. I need that. That would be amazing. Uh, you know, and then we got another one that was sort of interesting, kind of left field, was an upcoming uh, series of some sort uh, for the folks over at Borderlands, and this is called Echo Vision Live. And it's going to be a new interactive streaming series set in the universe, obviously, uh, where it's going to focus on eight tourists, all newcomers to the series, uh, where they find themselves stuck on Eden 6, which is one of the worlds in the universe, uh, where they're going to be adventuring, you know, they're adventuring on an adventure safari. You know, it's going to follow in the footsteps of vault hunters. So Borderlands is obviously that super unique, you know, first person looter shooter, you know, with the interesting art style. Not really sure what this is going to be, but it's going to be interactive, which is going to be all sorts of interesting. We know how, how interactive things have gone in the past. Uh, case in point, Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Now I've said. Yep. Uh, so I don't know if this is going to be live action. I don't know if it's going to be animated or 3D or, or some amalgamation of the two. It, it, it could be interesting, though. Don't know where it's going to come either. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it definitely looks intriguing. I will say yeah. that just from the, the readout for it. But yeah. like for what exactly, man, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then we got two animated movies were announced. Uh, we're both getting a Watchmen animated movie and then Crisis on Infinite Earths animated movie. Holy hell, about damn time, I would have to say personally. Uh, and also dropping, surprising the shit out of everybody, myself included. Uh, now available on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5, High on Life. Which, if you're not familiar with this game, Christ Almighty, get familiar. Uh, this is the game from Squanch Games. It's a first-person comedy shooter. It was released last year. It uh, was on Xbox exclusively uh, and PC uh, for the last seven months, uh, but it is now available on uh, PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. It's from the creators of Rick and Morty. Do I need to say any more? Mm-hmm. It's absolutely hysterical. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I've seen some gameplay. It seems hysterical, so I am super fucking excited uh, to play this. Also got some new details on the upcoming Star Wars Outlaws video game, which is the one it's going to be set in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You can work for Boba, uh, not Boba Fett, uh, Jabba the Hutt or against Jabba the Hutt, which, hey, given pers- given uh, recent events in that in that timeline or when this takes place, sell out Jabba the Hutt. See how that works out for you. Uh, but no, this is going to be, it sounds super fucking massive because you can travel to different worlds and you can explore. I know uh, Tatooine was one. They mentioned you can even go to a certain cantina uh, that we all know and love from uh, the original Star Wars movie. Uh, but this sounds super massive because each world has been described as having the size of an Assassin's Creed map, mm-hmm. which if it's some of the early ones, fuck, that's a huge map. Per planet. Yeah. You know, so this is like essentially however many planets, let's just say it's five. If you can go to five planets, which I don't think that's going to be the number. I think it's probably going to be slightly more than that. 
But like if it's say five, that's gonna be like five Assassin's Creed maps rolled into one game, plus the whole space travel because you can be a pirate, you can be a smuggler, you can do all. It's kind of a free flowing game where like you can follow the story, but you can also kind of mess around and bullshit around while you're playing the game. It sounds super fucking cool. I am all sorts of amped for this. Yeah, it definitely sounds interesting about that. There's a lot of stories that were coming out too. I mean, that's just the stuff that caught our attention. I mean, I know the Image Comics was doing some of the Andy Samberg. That's, yeah. uh, that sounds interesting. Andy Samberg and uh, Joe Troman from uh, Fallout Boy. Yeah, that's going to be a wild book. I'm yeah. not sure what to expect there. IDW had a lot of stuff coming out with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. uh, franchise too. I'd like to say, just in closing with it, I mean, Pad. Would you say this con was a hit? I would say so. It, I will say it was nice to not have the 800,000 announcements thrown our way because I know that's shown up on my Facebook memories the last couple of weeks, you know, with, with it being around the time that San Diego Comic-Con usually happens. And I'm like scrolling through 800 announcements from Marvel and DC. Yeah. Just trying to get to some of the shit from like 10 years ago that I don't remember off the top of my head. You know, so it was nice to not be like constantly bombarded and on my phone, you know, for hours and hours on end trying to keep up with everything. But it was nice to see the comics get their shine because that's ultimately at the end of the day where these movies, where these TV shows, where these animated movies and video games come from. Mm. And without those stories, without, without, you know, the crisis on infinite earths, without the, you know, darkest night, without, you know, civil war, without, you know, age of apocalypse. We wouldn't ha- we wouldn't have some of these seminal moments on film, TV, animated that we're so familiar with. Absolutely, I mean, the, it, it all comes down to comics makes the world go round, because what spirals out of those uh, pages really is what takes over pop culture. Yeah, and like I say, I know there was a lot of stuff that was going on uh, pertaining to that. I know Pat has alluded to a little bit of that too as well. Uh, for some other projects going out, which, like I said, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about as yeah. well. But, like, for me, it's just strictly about the comics, and I love what Marvel had to announce. Like I say, as a comic fan, Pepos on Punisher, that take my money now. Right. And then, obviously, the gang war stuff is coming out. That's intriguing, too. Luke Cage, uh, written by Rodney Barnes, uh, definitely going to have that on my pull list. And there's just so many big wins that would happen just as a comic fan. Like I say, for me... This is what got me excited over the weekend to really just say, like, okay, it's not San Diego like we know. and But, you know, it was okay because it was the San Diego I'd like to know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. Because when you start seeing about all these announcements happening, it just reminds you about, like, how important comics are to pop culture. And mm-hmm. really, getting back to basics was not a bad thing. And I heard no. nothing but you know, rave reviews just top to bottom about people selling merch. And, you know, like they say, that's the biggest thing right now too, is just going out and going, picking up a book, saying, you know, thanking a creator about, you know, for giving you that entertainment and really driving that point home. Like I say, for me, that was the big takeaways. I thought Marvel, if, if I have to, we usually do our gold, silver, bronze. I think Marvel was right there at, at number one. Yeah. Just cause they had a lot of interesting yeah. stuff that they were announcing all over the days too. And then you go right into, I think silver. I'm going to just say image. Okay. Uh, well, because it goes with the massive verse too. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought I thought the massive verse really had a lot going on, and some uh, announcements that for that fan base, everybody has been buzzing about it since, and that's how you can really tell something's lingering there. That they did a really good job because you're talking about it. What four days? Or three days later now. Something. Yeah. And there's still so much to get amped about. Like that's the coolest thing about it. So. 
I'm super excited about checking all that stuff out. And like I say, if I got to go with the Browns, I'm going to say distillery. Okay. To be honest with you. Shot it, for the moon and they did pretty well. Well, you know, the thing is when you have to make a, a big splash and especially with what's going on around you, like you say, you got Marvel, you got mm-hmm. DC, you got Image, you got Boom, you got... You know, all the, the heavy hitters are there. The heavy hitters. I think the fact that they were really doing some cool things at their panels yeah. and really bringing a good spotlight onto them, especially with a high-profile book like Gone coming out. Right. And then we have heard some uh, news coming out about some other books. Like, I don't really know enough to really sure. speak on it right now. Sure. But I've been following their social media and, like, listen, it just it, there's been lines, there's been excitement, and that's the biggest thing that you want from a Comic-Con. Let's you say want- when they're going into a weekend where, you know, DC makes the announcement with ju- involving Justice League. And, oh, by the way, it's not just a new Justice League book. It's with the legendary MonsterVerse characters. It's Godzilla and King Kong. Mm-hmm. Plus everything Marvel announced, you know, with with the X Men and, and Spider Man and you know and Boom Studios and Image, and it's just like that's a, that's a heavy stack lineup to go up against. It's kind of like going up against the Murderers Row of the Yankees in the twenties. Mm-hmm. You held your own. You did very good. Absolutely. Like I say, they they did a lot of cool things. I guess I'll give them a tie between that and Skybound because Skybound yeah. Skybound had a lot of stuff going on too. And like I said, the the Energon Universe I think is going to be something super special. But that being said. Hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about San Diego Comic-Con 2023? Did you love the news? What came out that really stuck out to you that you really want to talk about? And, you know, we can go from there with it. Like I say, there's so much as a comic fan to enjoy. We have plenty to discuss, but only when we come back from this break. So we'll be right back. Do you like comic books? What about movies and TV shows? Well, we may be the show for you. We're Hops Geek News, a weekly podcast that discusses comics, movies, and TV shows while featuring a beer of the week. Every week we chat about what we messed up on the week before, and then we dive into what we're reading and watching, as well as some news. We then wrap it up with a geek-themed topic of the week. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching Hops Geek News. Cheers. Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, and we have to talk a little UFC. Hell yeah. Big card going down this weekend from Salt Lake City, UFC 291. Mm-hmm. Pat is so big that one of our favorites is on the prelims. My balls are hot. Yes. Derek Lewis is on the prelims. Yeah. Like that, the card is this loaded, folks. Crazy. It's crazy. So that is how stacked this card is. So we're going to take our time and look, break down the main card. So, Pat, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so the first fight on the main card is going to be in the welterweight division, and it is between Michael Chiesa taking on Kevin Holland. This is going to be a fun matchup. Chiesa, obviously known for his ground game. As long as he's not sitting there trying to strike with Kevin, uh, he will be fine. <laughs> Kevin Holland, though, has improved his ground skills, but I don't know if he can stop the takedown. The only thing I know is he will be talking a lot during yes. this. Uh, so looking at the records for Michael Chiesa in 24 professional matches, has a record of 18 wins, 6 losses, currently on a two-fight losing streak, lost his last fight to Sean Brady by unanimous decision. That was back in November of 2021. Uh, and then he lost to Vincente Luke via Darce Choke Submission. That was in August of 2021. Uh, prior to that, he was on a one, two, three, four fight win streak. Uh, and then switching over to Kevin Holland in, a, in 34 professional matches, has a record of 24 wins, nine losses, one no contest. Currently on a one fight winning streak, uh, beating Santiago uh, Ponzabibo via knockout. That was in April of this year. And prior to that, was on a two fight losing streak. He lost to Steven Thompson via TKL. That was corner stoppage. That was back in December of last year. And then he lost to Hamzat Chemeyev via Darce Choke submission. That was in September of last year. 
So I'm, you know, I'm going to say Kevin Holland. He's he's been fighting consistently. Not quite sure what was going on with Chiesa that he's been off uh, the last couple. I think of, he had an injury. Uh, yeah, looks like it was. Uh, his I faced Sean Brady, November 2021. Lost about the unanimous decision. Chiesa, uh, this is on his Wikipedia page. Chiesa was scheduled to face Li Jinglang on April 8th, 2023, at UFC 287. However, Jinglang pulled out due of the bout due to a spine injury. Uh, so not really entirely sure what it is. Uh, so that being said, I'm going to go with Kevin Holland uh, in a dis- unanimous decision or a split decision, some sort of decision, because, uh, listen, it's been you know quite a layoff there for Chiesa. It's his first fight since November of 21. Uh, octagon rust is a thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, I don't know if he'll be able to bounce back from that. It's going to be a tough challenge for him. I will take Holland in a split. Okay. But if, I will say this. If Chiesa can get him to the ground early, Holland's in big trouble. Okay. Like really big trouble. Uh, and then next up is in the lightweight division where you've got Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green. Oh, man. Like, I want to see this fight, but I don't want to see this fight. Okay. Because I'm just, I'm at the stage with Tony Ferguson, great fighter. You know, well, I always said him and Habib was the greatest fight that never happened. Well, Tony was a good fighter. Right. But I think just Father Time has caught up to him. Yeah, I'd have to say so. Uh, looking at their records you know, for Tony Ferguson in 33 professional matches, he has 25 wins, eight losses, currently on a five-fight losing streak. Yeah. Lost to Nate Diaz in his last fight via guillotine choke submission. That was in September of last year. Got knocked out by Michael Chandler in May of last year. Uh, lost the unanimous decision to Benil Darouche. That was in May of 2021. Lost by unanimous decision to Charles Oliveira in December of 2020. And then he also lost to Justin Gaethje via TKO. That was in May of 2020. His actual last win, if you want to call it that, is to Donald Cerrone, which was a TKO. That was a doctor stoppage. All right, so if you don't want to count that, then you go back to his last fight, before that was a win against Anthony Pettis. That was a TKO, although that was a corner stoppage. So if you want to go further, if you don't want to count that, his actual win where he like did something other than somebody stopped the fight was mm-hmm. uh, he beat Kevin Lee with a triangle choke submission. Or no, yeah, he beat uh, Kevin Lee with a triangle choke submission in October 7th of 2017. On the flip side, Bobby Green, uh, 45, holy fuck, 45 professional matches, mm-hmm. 29 wins, 14 losses, one draw, one no contest. Uh, that one no contest came in his last fight against Jared Gordon. It was an accidental clash of heads. Never seen that before. Uh, that was on April of this year. Prior to that, he was on a two-fight losing streak, losing to Drew Dober via knockout. That was in December of last year. And then losing to Islam uh, Machekov via TKO. That was in February of last year. This might be the one opportunity where I get the chance to see something I've always wanted. Double knockout. This could happen. I mean, the one thing is Tony will scrap with with Bobby. It's going to be not a pretty fight. No, it's not. I do like Bobby in this one, though. By slim margins. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... Ferguson at this stage, like I say, I just don't want to see him fight. I mean, let's be honest, folks. If, If you're having a watch party over at your place of residence... You know, and, and you got some food, and you maybe got a sheet pizza, you got some wings, you maybe you got a sub tray or something. Mm-hmm. This might be the fight you go up and get more food. Yeah. Because and let's face it, the way the way these guys' records reads, something tells me this fight ain't gonna be going long. It's not gonna go long. I can see uh, I'm gonna say green first round knockout. I, I'm not excited by saying that too. I'm holding my guns, double knockout. It could happen. Double knockout. Definitely could happen. Next up is in the welter welterweight division where you've got the ageless wonder. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. 
taking on Michael Pereira. This is going to be a fun fight. Uh, styles are going to be <laughs> very, very different. Uh, Stephen Thompson, a very, very disciplined karate fighter. Fighting at the ripe young age of 40 years old. Yeah. And then Perea is more of a wild man. Yeah, he is. He does a lot of unique strikes in the cage. Mm -hmm. Um, Very unorthodox, to say the least. But this one, I'm going to go with the upset here. and It's nothing against Stephen Thompson, but yet again. He's 40. He's 40. Got a lot of tread on the tires. Um I just think that the speed of Perea is going to be too much. Mm-hmm. I could see this being a decision, uh, but I'm going to say unanimous decision. So looking at the records uh, for Stephen Thompson in 24 professional matches, he has a record of 17 wins, six losses, one draw. Uh, won his last fight against Kevin Holland. That was a TKO corner stoppage in December of last year. Uh, and then for Michael Pereira in 41 professional matches, 28 wins, 11 losses, uh, two no contests, uh, currently on a one, two, three, four, five fight winning streak, beating the lights of Santiago Ponzabibo via split decision in his last fight. That was in May of 2022. Uh, so if you're sitting there at home wondering, wait, Pat, I thought you said Stephen Thompson is 40 years old. How has he only got 24 professional matches? Uh, because folks I'm looking at the, his uh, other records. He's got a kickboxing record, which stretches back to, and this is according to the Wikipedia page, this is incomplete. So this might be missing some fights. The earliest fight on his kickboxing record is from July 19th of 2002. Yeah. And then for his, and that's his professional kickboxing record. His amateur kickboxing record stretches all the way back to February 6th of 1999. Yeah, he's been fighting for quite some time. Dude's been fighting in like four decades. Mm -hmm. So with that said, I'm going to go with Pereira. Uh, Listen, nothing against Steven Thompson. He's one one of the... Ageless wonders of the uh, mm-hmm. sport, and one of the you know one of the fun ones to watch. One of the nicest people too. Yeah, but I, I just think hey, age is caught up with them. Pereira is clearly hungry, uh, beating dudes by technical submission, unanimous decision, you know, split decision. Uh, I think it's his time. I just think the speed factor is going to be the ultimate factor. That's going to be one of the things too. That's going to be the thing to watch. So. We'll have to wait and see, but I think it'll be a fun fight nevertheless. Next up in the co-main event of the evening is in the light heavyweight division where you have uh, Jan Blahovitz taking on Alex Pereira. Now this is the... Is this the um, interim title? This, according to the Wikipedia page, there is nothing listed for this fight in terms of like anything's on the line. I'll check UFC.com, but does not appear to me. Okay. Because obviously... With what is going on uh, with the champion being hurt and having to step down, this is one that's going to be having a lot of implications, I think, for it. Mm -hmm. Because of Jamal Hill being out, uh, somebody's going to need to step in. And that's going to be a situation that we're really going to say, is this going to be the title contender for him? And that's going to be another one that we have to really assess here. But the craziest stat from this, Pat, is Alex Perea. Yeah. Could be a double champ in the quickest amount of time, I think, in MMA history. Really? Well, you think about it. He came in from the kickboxing world, defeated Adesanya, so he won the middleweight championship, Mm -hmm. and now he's moving up to 205. I'm just saying, like this could be the one of the surprise uh, Rocky esque rises in MMA history. Could be. I mean, you think about it. With Perea's background, and now if he wins this one, 
depending on what they're going to do for the 205 title. Not which I'm looking, nothing has been announced. Right. You know, so obviously we've still got a couple of days before the fight takes place, but I would figure if this title were or this fight were going to be for the title, Dana would have announced it already. Yeah. And it, and it seems super last minute because the weigh-ins I think are either tomorrow as we record or like the day after i forget mm. i forget when they are it seems super fucking last minute to go do the weigh-ins you know the official ones and then you've got the ceremonial weigh-ins on television later in the day right to go oh hey by the way you know we, we realize we're a lot less than a week away from this fight it's gonna be for the title by the way so i i don't know what you do with this you know you might treat it as you know, whoever wins this fight gets somebody else in the rankings next down the road. That's where I think they have to. You know, because I'm looking at the rankings. Jamal Hall Hill's still listed as the champion on UFC.com slash rankings, even though he's said he's going to relinquish the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jiri uh, Projaka is the number one con- uh, number one ranked fighter. Uh, Magomed Ankalev is number two. Jan Blahovitz is number three. Uh, Alexander Rakic is number four, and then Nikita Krylov is number f- uh, five. Johnny Walker is tied with him at number five on the rankings there. So I don't know what you do with this. The only thing I think is just depends on how uh, uh coming back. Yeah, that could be. And I think if he's going to be ready to fight sooner than later, mm-hmm. the winner of this is going to be who's facing him. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think of. Because like, if they had not announced this being the interim title, yeah. That's the only move they can make. You know what? You know what they can do, Playa. They can have a gauntlet match with the final test being against the Undertaker. <laughs> holla, holla, holla! Oh my God! If only. Get Teddy Long to book it. Uh, I'd I'd be there all day for it. But I think in, for this fight though, Blahovitz, um, I just don't see him doing this. I think it's another speed no. factor. He, yeah. And Perea, look, I think the the weight cut might have hurt him a little bit at one eighty five. I think him mm-hmm. being at two hundred five is going to be interesting. Yeah. And the one thing that he's not going to have to really worry about too much with Blahovitz is the grappling aspect. I think, right. I think Blahovitz would be smart to grapple with him, but if Perea is ready to be a champion, he had better learn a ground game. Right. But I think what he's going to do is I think with Blahovitz's time in the cage, I think Perea can catch him with a strike and he's out. Yeah. Cause much like we were talking about in the last fight with uh, Steven Thompson, uh, Jan Blahovitz also 40 years old. Uh, he's got professional fights that stretch back to February 25th of 2007, which was his first professional fight. There's nothing else listed here for in terms of his record for amateur or whatever else, but uh, in the section for championships and accomplishments, he does have a grappling. Uh, pl- he got first place over 91 kilograms in 2005 at the Polish BJJ Cup. Hmm. So he's been doing stuff mixed martial arts wise since 2005. Jeez. So yeah, age is going to play a factor into this one, I think. Yeah, so definitely taking Perea about this one. And then in your main event of the evening for the symbolic BMF title, Ugh. even though Poirier's lost since he won that belt, so he theoretically shouldn't be the BMF holder. But I but we, I digress. We call that what pad reasons. reasons. Uh, I'll, I'll spend some time looking up who the actual. Uh, BMF title holder should be. Uh, but you've got just Dustin Poirier taking on Justin Gaethje. Violence. That's the only thing you need to know about this match. This is going to be worth the price of admission alone. Poirier and Gaethje are going to sit there and swing for the fences. This is not going to be a submission game. This is not going to be a ground and pound by any means. Uh, this is going to be rock'em, sock'em robots to the definition. Poirier, at this stage, this is a great fight for him. Uh, big title implications coming from this. I, cause I think the winner could be in that kind of t- waiting for the winner of Oliveira and Machev. Mm-hmm. So 
if that's the case, you know they're going to want to put on a performance. Ah, I don't even know where to go with this. I know I will be entertained. Yeah. That's the easiest way to describe it. But I guess if I have to choose somebody, I'm going to go Gaethje. Okay. But I'm not feeling comfortable enough to, like I would say, put money down on it. So uh, record-wise, for Dustin Poirier, in 37 professional matches, he has a record of 29 wins, 7 losses, 1 no contest, currently on a one-fight winning streak, beating Michael Chandler via rear naked choke submission. Uh, that was back in November of last year. Prior to that, was on a one-fight losing streak, losing losing to Charles Oliveira via, well, rear naked choke submission. Mm-hmm. That was back in December of 2021. And then for Justin Gaethje, he is in 28 professional matches with a record of 24 wins, four losses, currently on a one-fight winning streak, beating Rafael Fezev via majority decision. That was back in March of this year. Prior to that, he was on a one-fight losing streak, losing to Charles Oliveira by... Submission. Yes, rear naked choke submission. Uh, That was back in May of 2022. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about this one. I'm going to say, give me a coin, flip it, Gagey. Yeah, like I said, this could go either way. Poirier is is probably well-rested for this. Right. And in, if he does make this into a ground competition, he's got the edge. But you got to survive Gagey's hands. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. And I think Poirier is not scared to go there. Yeah. So it just depends on whose will is going to break first. And like I say, I'm not feeling confident in saying Gaethje. I just think he's going to. Right. But either way, that's going to be a hell of a main event. All right. So we played this one. I had to figure out where the hell the BMF title came into play. That was at UFC 244. So Poirier won it at UFC 244 um, or whatever the hell it is. No, because it wasn't a, it was Diaz and Masvidal in, oh, in New York City. Yeah, that's right. And New York stopped it because of blood. Yeah. Or the cut over Diaz's head, which I agree with Rich from 3FN and a few other ODPH Society members. Yeah. If you're going to call it the BMF title, it should be the old school UFC rules where there yeah. are no rules. So in what would have been his first defense of Jorge Masvidal's first defense of the BMF title would have been to Kamara Usman, which... He lost. To, mm. He lost to Kamara Usman. So Kamara Usman beat Jorge Masvidal. He would have then defended it once against Colby Covington, beat Colby Covington. Uh, so then he fought Leon Edwards, where he lost to Leon Edwards via head kick. So Leon Edwards would have then been your uh, BMF title holder, which looking at that, Leon Edwards is your lineal BMF title holder. Interesting. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, well, like I say, when when they did the whole BMF title, I mean, it was... Pub- it was fun, and it was cool. It was and, a publicity stunt. And and they brought out The Rock. You know, he, he came out to his WWE entrance music, yeah. which was surprising. You know, so it, it was cool. It doesn't make for a cool photo for Masvidal? Yeah, sure. Is, oh. it, is it something fun he can parade around at parties? Yeah, sure. Does it mean shit? No. No, it's like the FTW title in pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's there as a prop. I'm sorry. Like, it is. Yeah. Sorry, just putting it out there, folks. But if they were going to make this into a real title contender, I think they just want to establish that you're going to get your money's worth if you buy this fight for, right, for that alone. Right, because other other than the quote-unquote BMF title, this is, a, this is a pay-per-view card with no titles on it. Mm-hmm. There's no titles on the line. I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, folks. If you don't believe me, you can, you can do Google search UFC 291, pull up the Wikipedia page, go down to fight card, and you want to look on the right-hand side where it says notes because it'll link you to something underneath the fight card table where it gives you any sort of information about the fight, whether it's catch weight, title, interim title. I'm showing Ken 
only thing here listed in notes is A for the symbolic BMF title for the main event. Yeah. So I think that's the only reason this quote unquote title is on the line because otherwise you're trying to convince people to buy a pay-per-view card, which is like 80 some odd dollars. It's crazy now. And no titles are on the line. Yeah. It is what it is. I know that with, you know, typical boxing, uh, combat sports philosophy, you need a title as your main event. Yeah. So, so if they want to do it, cool. If not, this is a solid fight night. Yeah. Nevertheless, so hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about UFC 291 taking place this Saturday, July 29th, only on pay-per-view or if you're in Salt Lake City? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's Alan Dunford here from Top Hat Studios, co-writer and co-creator of Pocus Hocus and Grandma Chainsaw, and you guys are listening to the ODPH Podcast. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, what you got? Got a couple things to talk about. First of which, obviously, being the local minute and looking at the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and their schedule they had from the past week. Uh, they played a series against uh, Erie, and they did fairly well, I would say. Uh, they lost on Tuesday the 18th by the final score of three to nothing. Came back on Wednesday though, one seven to nothing. Uh, came back on Thursday with another win by the final score of eight to six. Lost on Friday by the final score of five to two. Lost Saturday by the final score of three to one. But came back on Sunday and won the closeout by the final score of two to nothing. On the road this week, playing the Reading Fighting Phils. Although weather is playing a hell of a factor into the games this week, uh, they were supposed to have been playing a game today as we record. However, that got suspended in the second inning. Uh, that is going to be made up tomorrow as part of a double header. So they're going to start one game at 5:15. The other game is scheduled for seven o'clock. Although if it ends sooner, could be sooner than seven o'clock. Uh, they've got another game on Thursday at seven o'clock, Friday at seven o'clock, Saturday at 6:45, and then Sunday, uh, July 30th at 5:15 p.m. Uh, looking ahead to when they come home next, they are at home in. Uh, Moravito Stadium here in Binghamton on August the 1st, where they will play New Hampshire. So for more tickets, information, all that good stuff, bingrp.com. Uh, first of all, but next up, we got to send some T's and P's and well wishes to Bronny James. Yeah, that this is, is late breaking this here is for us. Breaking news here for us. Uh, that is, of course, the oldest son of LeBron James, who is, you know, a superstar, uh, going to be playing college basketball at the University of Southern California, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was announced today, though, that he had suffered a cardiac arrest on Monday and is in stable condition. So reading from an article on ESPN.com, it says, quote, Bronny James, the eldest son of Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James, suffered cardiac arrest on Monday and is in stable condition. Yesterday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest, a James family spokesperson said in a statement. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him in take him to the hospital. He's now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we'll, we will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. Close quote. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, who has resumed his career after suffering cardiac arrest on a Monday night football game last season, posted his support for James on social media Tuesday. Quote, prayers to prayers to Bronny and the James family as well. Here for you guys, just like you have been for me uh, my entire process. Close quote. Uh, James 
18 years old, is entering his freshman year at USC and is ranked 20th in the 2023 ESPN 100 rankings. He is the sixth rated point guard in the class of 2023, close quote. So not going to sit here and speculate what went wrong, mm-hmm. what didn't go wrong, what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. We're going to wait for all that to come out because as we learned with DeMar Hamlin, it ain't going to be an easy, quick process. So we'll see what happens. But hey, thoughts and prayers to Bronny James and the James family because that's some scary stuff. Absolutely, no, it's terrifying news. But I'm glad that he's in stable condition. Yeah, so glad to hear positive thoughts and energy going yeah. out to him and his family. Uh, next up, going to be talking some WWE because uh, we got some news uh, and a press release from the folks in Stamford, Connecticut, and uh, reading from their press release where it says, "Quote: WWE delivers record-breaking live events in Mexico." Uh, it says uh, Stanford, Connecticut, July 24th, 2023. Uh, WWE and today announced that back-to-back WWE Super Show events held at Arena Suad uh, de Mexico in Mexico City on Saturday, July 22nd. And the Arena Monterey in Monterey on Sunday, July 23rd, broke records for WWE's highest attendance and highest grossing live events in Mexico Wow! for 12 years. Wait, 12? Holy 12 sh- years. The event in Mexico City also broke venue records, becoming the highest attendance and highest grossing event ever held in the Arena Suedad de Mexico in addition to setting a record for highest ever WWE merchandise sales in Mexico City. More than 25,000 spectators across both nights witnessed WWE superstars including Roman Reigns, Rey Mysterio, Rhea Ripley, Cody Rhodes, Ronda Rousey, Seth freaking Rollins, Becky Lynch, Dominic Mysterio, Charlotte Flair, and Santos Escobar. Close quote. 25,000 people over two days. More than 25,000. Amazing. That's more than some pay-per-views get. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, the fact they're breaking records left and right. I mean, yeah. WWE is doing WWE things. So, uh, so congratulations to them. Uh, yeah, business clearly doing real well for the folks over at WWE. Oh, no doubt. Holy hell. And then we got some updates to the SummerSlam card, which is taking place one week from this Saturday, uh, specifically on August the 5th in Detroit, Michigan at Ford Field on the Peacock or the WWE Network. If you're one of those fortunate souls overseas who still have the WWE Network, I envy you. Uh, so the card currently stands as such. Uh, Gunther is taking on Drew McIntyre in a singles matchup for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, bring your mouth guards because sure a few of us watching at home are going to lose some teeth. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Ronda Rousey taking on Shayna Baszler in a singles matchup. Uh, Ricochet taking on Logan Paul in a singles matchup. That one was just announced on Monday Night Raw last night as we record. So that one should be fine. It should be good. Uh, they got the good chemistry in the ring as we've seen. It's good to see Ricochet get in the spotlight like yeah. this. So I, I think we're going to see something really crazy done in that ring. Yep. Um, I don't know who's going to win just yet. We'll save that for next week. Uh, you've got Asuka defending her uh, WWE Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair in a triple threat match. That one was just announced last week. That one should be all sorts of amazing. Very interesting dynamic there. Uh, I That's going to be a coin flip for me. Yeah. Uh, you've got Seth freaking Rollins defending his World Heavyweight Championship against Finn Balor. That's going to be a really good match. Yeah, it is. I wouldn't doubt Finn winning. Although, maybe not holding the belt for real long. You know, the setup they've done with Damian Priest, this is why he won Money in the Bank. Uh-huh. And the Judgment Day has gotten some spotlight on them. Yes, they have. From the bloodline, you know, yeah. for being the, the best storyline in WWE. So, this is something that fans are going to be definitely tuning in for. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know if they moved the belt off Seth just yet, but we'll, well see. They did plant that little kernel, that little seed, you know, with Seth last night on Monday Night Raw, where he he mentioned Finn. He's like, "Hey, you could beat me at SummerSlam. It's a possibility. You know, you also could have a shorter reign than your first Universal Title reign." Yeah, because he's like, "Don't forget your boy, your buddy Damien. He is the Money in the Bank hold, uh, holder." Mm-hmm. Uh, we do also have Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar in a singles matchup. That one's going to be amazing. It's going to be a stipulation added to it before Pro- it's said and done. Probably, Probably yeah. on Monday. Probably on Monday. Brock is scheduled to be on Monday Night Raw this next coming week. And then in the main event of the evening, you've got Roman Reigns uh, taking on main event Jay Uso in a trial combat match, tri- or excuse me, tribal combat match for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and recognition of tribal chief. So guessing this is probably uh, no holds barred. No holds barred, anything goes type of match. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but still, I mean, the card is shaping up very nicely. Monday Night Raw last night. Uh, very solid show. Yeah, it was good. Uh, trying to get confirmation if Kevin Owens was really hurt or not. Yeah, well, they clearly wrote off Liv Morgan. Um, yeah. You know, because I know it was she was photographed with her arm in a brace after Raw last week, not mm-hmm. this week. I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when Rhea came out and destroyed her arm with, with two chair stomps, you know, that clearly wrote Liv off because Rhea even said, uh, enjoy rehab, bitch. Yeah. So that Liv is going to be off TV for a little while. But, yeah, no, reports coming out that Kevin Owens might legitimately be injured with broken ribs. So if that is true, T's and P's, but we'll wait to see what happens. Agreed. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what, but. Solid show, nevertheless, so yeah. definitely a lot to look forward to. And if you're looking for more pro wrestling coverage, 607TWS on your favorite podcast providers. Yeah, and then lastly, certainly not least, we've got to talk about this insane soccer news from overseas, uh, specifically involving uh, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, you know, the, the, the French soccer star, uh, you know, was one of the best one of the best players in the world not the best he's he's up there though uh but you've got the saudi team al halal who of course you know they they wanted Lionel messi mm-hmm. didn't get Lionel messi uh he's currently playing with inter miami down here in the mls which if you haven't seen that highlight did you expect anything less yeah, exactly him hitting the game winner in his first game here in the mls hollywood wrote it uh but they did get cristiano ronaldo uh, you know, to join the Saudi Arabian team. Uh, they wanted uh, Kylian Mbappe. Boy, do they want him badly uh, because they made an offer to Paris Saint-Germain, uh, which is the club he currently plays for. Uh, and word is that the they made a 300 million euro or uh, $332 million bid uh, for Kylian Mbappe. But then there, were, there are reports that they made him an offer for one one year, $776 million deal. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. So he would make 700 and Bleacher Report broke this down. Uh, if he off, accepted the offer, which for what it's worth, he said he won't. He would rather sit out for a year than go play in Saudi Arabia for, for a year. Tell me how you really feel. Ooh. But according to Bleacher Report, he would make $776 million for one season. He would make $64.6 million a month. $14.7 million a week, $2.1 million a day, $88,500 an hour, and $24 a second. That's insane. Uh, and just for context of how large this contract would be if he accepted it, because, again, the reported deal is one year, $776 million. It would be more than the combined salaries of Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Bradley Beal, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Rudy Gobert, Fred Van Vliet, 
Anthony Davis, Trey Young, and Zach Levine. They're making a combined $762,627,244. So 16 players in the NBA. If he were to take this, and I don't think he is, mm. you know, he seems pretty firm set on this. He'd be, he would be making more than 16 players in the NBA. Uh, pulled up some other sports. Mike Trout currently has the largest contract for Major League Baseball. That is a $426.5 million deal. Mookie Betts with the Dodgers is number two with $365 million. That even comes that comes close without doing math. That's fucking bonkers. And then you go over to the NFL where it's uh, Patrick Mahomes has like that $500 million deal or whatever it is. Yeah, it's, or $450 million, excuse me. Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills is number two with $258 million. Even that don't come close. Yeah, to the, to this, it's that's fun. nobody comes close to this. Which, hey, you know, get your money if 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 you want to take it. I'll never fault anybody on that. But it sounds like he doesn't. And for what it's worth, I don't think this whole Saudi soccer club thing is going to last real long. Because look at what happened with Live Golf. You know, the Saudis wanted their own golf league, and they started pouring all this money into mm-hmm. it. And they got a bunch of the top name golfers from the PGA Tour and some other tours to come over for massive, fully guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening? The PGA Tour and the Live Golf ended up merging with the PGA Tour taking control of Live Golf. Yeah. This wasn't the other way around with Live Golf taking over the PGA Tour. No, 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 no. The PGA Tour was merging and the PGA Tour was taking over Live Golf. We're going to see with all the mechanics and whatnot that play out with that because that's still got to get the fine-tuned, uh, finer details tuned. But something tells me just a gut feeling Get your money, you know, Ronaldo. Get your money, anybody else going over there. It's not going to last long. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think you're seeing much of the same comparison. I mean, that's a great comparison with uh, Liv and the PGA. Right. So I think unless they really make some strides and get some star players over there like and really can make a run with it, right. I, I just, I'm just i not holding my breath on Because the, thi- the thing that hurt, I think, I think Liv would have had a shot because there were, there were obviously some big-name players. Oh, sure, sure. But the biggest thing with Liv was nobody wanted to do a TV deal with them. Yeah. So for like the first six months or whatever it was, you couldn't find them on television here in the States, which is how a lot of people still consume their golf. Mm-hmm. Their golf. You know, obviously they're on the CW network now, but that's however long it was after they first started. And now that's not going to matter because they're getting folded into this. Right. This Saudi thing is great. You get a lot of shit to, you get a shit ton of money fully guaranteed, but unless you know, you're, they're spending all this money, unless there's money coming back and sponsorships, ad revenue, TV deals, and whatever else you're losing a lot of money and you're not bringing anything in. Agreed. Yeah. So I'm not holding my breath on that, but we'll have to wait and see. So let's get into that comic picks and take us home pad. What you got at the shops this week? Couple of Marvel picks. Uh, the first of which is Ultimate Invasion number two from Jonathan Hickman. Listen, it's the Ultimate Universe coming back. Need I say more? Hmm, I don't think so. Uh, you've got uh, Amazing Spider-Man issue number thirty from Zeb Wells. Uh, this one looks interesting, especially because you got a uh, Doc Ock on the cover. And given the recent events with uh, we're announced at San Diego Comic Con, mm, yeah, could play a part. We'll see. Well played. Uh, then you've also got Star Wars, Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red, issue number four coming out from Jason Aaron. This one looks super awesome. Uh, it says, trapped on the frozen planet Hoth. Frank Thierry sends Vader to Hoth. Steve Orlando goes uh, cerebral with the corruption of Darth Vader's mind, plus the final chapter of Jason Aaron and Leonard Kirk's Dark Tales. Super excited for that one. And then from the folks over at, I believe it's uh, Dynamite Comics, uh, it is uh, 007 for King and 
Country, issue number four. This mm. one from Philip K. Johnson. Yep. Uh, this one says, the former 007 and 002 are tired of running from uh, Marimden. Uh, time to take the fight back to their home turf in England's green and pleasant land. Close quote. So those are a couple of my picks this week. Solid picks, Pad. For me, there's a great news series coming out from DC Comics, Superman, The Last Days of Lex Luthor. For now. Well, this is under the Black Label brand. Mm. So this is like the more mature audience, the more um, Elseworlds mix. They do some great stuff on these uh, on the Black Label books. And you can go through the history of DC. They've made some in reprints now under that banner. So this is one story that when I saw this, it definitely caught my eyes. The creative team caught my eye, Mark Wade and Brian Hitch. Mm. So the story behind this, because the book is out today, I can talk about this one, is... Lex Luthor is dying, mm. and Superman is. He asks Superman to help him. Okay, it's a weird pairing. Yeah, of how the story goes, but it's brilliant though, and I love Wade's take on this. Hitch's art is fantastic as always. Mm-hmm. So very, very solid first issue. I'm definitely all in about this, and can't wait to see more of it. Uh, so that's out by DC Comics. DC had a very big week, too. I definitely want to plug Batman Beyond Neo-Gothic. Hey. So I did not get a chance to fully do a review of that, but uh, from all I've been hearing the buzz, I, this is on my pull list. Like I got to go get to the shop and go pick this up. From Boom Studios, we're returning to the land of Berserker. Okay. The series that was done by Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Poetry of Madness number one. So Reeves is back penning the book. But a little switch up at Art Duty, Steve Skrokey, is on the artwork. And this is a one-shot dealing with the past of B, a.k.a. Unit, um, or Unit. And just, it's perfect for any Berserker fans. It's violent as all it can be, but it will definitely be, you know, it fits that that's universe. Uh-huh. So, like I say, it's a one-shot. It's definitely worth picking up. And it's, like I say, if you love the the action and just extremeness that is mm-hmm. Berserker, yeah. you'll definitely dig this. Yeah. Also from Boom Studios this week, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 110, uh, Melissa Flores, Simona Gianfelice, enough said. Yeah, well, we're, we're getting near the darkest hour. So that book, that series should be a staple for you at the comic shops. Just putting that out there. Also coming out from uh, Melissa Flores this week, Dead Lucky number seven. Finally returning after a little bit of hiatus. The new stat quo in San Francisco is put in place. So definitely super excited to go check this out. Uh, the work that she does with uh, French Color Manual, top shelf. So can't stress enough. Also Massiverse returning uh, this week. Rogue Sun 14, Ryan Parrott, uh, Marco Renna, and Abel. <laughs> what can you say about it? Massiverse is taking over, folks. If you're not on board, you need to get on board. Just saying. Uh, also, Image Comics. Image had a really crazy week, too. Um, click, click, boom. Number two is coming out. Now this is a little series. Uh, th- it's very, very different, but if you like kind of a little mystery espionage type mm-hmm. deal, uh, deal a little like, you know, I don't want to say true crime, but it's kind of, sure. it's, it's got a lot of elements going on with it. It's in that vein. Yeah. This is one. Definitely go check out Doug Wagner and Doug Dabbs, uh, story about, uh, Sprout and the world that she lives in just communicating via Polaroid pictures. It's freaking awesome. It's I love this series. I think nice. it's, I think this one definitely deserves more praise. Also, Image Comics, Savage Strength of Starstorm number three. So this is one uh, by Drew Craig and Jason Feinstone. If you like throwback superhero themes, like I always go back to this book reminds me of something that I read from Jack Kirby. Okay, it's got that kind of vibe to it. 
It's very, very vintage in its storytelling, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying anything mean about that. I really dig it Mm -hmm. because it's a throwback, and that's where you really get that vibe from. So I'm super excited to to check this out. Like I say, uh, it's doing a lot of different things. Like They're moving at a very quick pace, and they're really expanding the universe. Like they did last uh, issue number two. Right. Uh, They were trying to do a lot, I thought. So this one... uh, Definitely one that is on my radar, so I definitely highly recommend that. And my last pick, because I could I could not end the show without talking about this, Boom Studios, Alice Never After. Hmm. So this is Dan Pinozin and Giorgio Spalletta. Uh, this book is one that Dan uh, did uh, Alice Ever After before, and really interesting take on the Alice in Wonderland mythos. Sure. This is a sequel to it. This is one that we're going to be talking about on Nerd Initiative this week, so you definitely want to go check that out. So if you're looking for comic reviews, odpagepodcast.com, nerdinitiative.com. Every Wednesday we got a lot of stuff coming on from the Nerd Initiative bullpen. And as we'd like to close out, every time we're talking comics, make sure to go out to your local comic shops and go support them because there's nothing like going to get comics at a shop on a Wednesday. That being said, for anything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's all for this week. So for the one and only panel, Juan J. Fuck the Astros. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. Gotta beat to the punch. Gotta beat to the punch. Cause they can't bring